Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It is a very special Halloween episode. Yeah. Why do I hate myself, Elizabeth? I don't know, Aaron. I wish that you went and watched things you actually liked. I wish that was a thing you really enjoyed doing, you know, talking about things you really like. The problem is, is we couldn't make a full, you know, episode out of that. Sure we could. We've done it before. Yeah, but those aren't really exciting. Those aren't the ones that people like to listen to. So what you're saying is you hate yourself in order for people to pay attention to you. I believe that makes you a masochist. God, am I a masochist? I think so. What a weird realization to come to on a podcast. Well, you heard it here, folks. Apparently, I'm a masochist. Ow! Just making sure. <laughs> that hurts. She just pinched me. <laughs> In a very inappropriate area, I might add. I also had to make sure it wasn't a dream or a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Today's show brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. You can find us on Facebook at married to the idea. You can put Twitter in a raging dumpster fire. You can email us at marriedtotheideareviews at gmail.com. And if you don't know any of those links, head on over to our Weebly page, www.marriedtotheidea.weebly.com for all those and more. Plus, if you add on the extension just for you, you'll be taken to a very special page where you can pick out a free sticker, a little treat before we get into the tricks. <laughs> Today... It's a solemn day, <sighs> a somber day, a day of sadness and woe. Today is a day where Aaron hurts himself. Today is a day where Aaron's childhood dies. A little bit at a time. Inch by inch. Today we are talking about the follow-up to the 2015 movie cinematic masterpiece, Goosebumps, with today's topic, Goosebumps 2 haunted halloween god i totally forgot that there was a second part to that title it was that unmemorable yeah even though they said it multiple times during the movie now i'm not going to say that aaron had the exact same reaction i did after watching the live action remake of beauty and the beast but i am going to you know what i'm going to take a step back i'm going to use our spooky sound effects step back from the mic and close the door so you can Rail as much as you want. It's like she actually left. Was that believable? No. Damn it. It's funny, too, because I'm listening to the No Sleep podcast. Shout out to them. Which, if you want a great fiction horror podcast, go check them out. They are awesome. I just got turned on to them myself. Or <laughs> turned on to them myself. And uh, they use like actual sound effects on a lot of their stories. And it's awesome. It r- brings it really into the story. I can go get a baking sheet from the kitchen and wibble it back and forth a little bit. <laughs> it's bright and sunny out right now. Shush! They don't know that. Ambiance. <laughs> Anyways. It's a dark and stormy night when we sat down to make our Halloween podcast. 
Anywho. All right, Aaron. Uh, no, my reaction to this movie was not... My reaction to the trailer was as visceral as your watching of the movie, uh, the Beauty and the Beast movie. Heads up, if you haven't seen the original Goosebumps movie, the trailer did a decent job of conveying to you the characters and the spookiness of it all, and you could tell the effects were decent, and you could pick out, oh, I know that character, like from his other books. When this trailer came out, it looked like the direct-to-DVD sequel release that befalls all failing properties. Nickelodeon presents... It was so bizarre. And what's with Sony Animation being the studio behind this? There was I... no... It was not an animated movie. We double-taked ourselves. Yeah, I'm said, like... Sony yeah, Animation. We, yeah, we both looked at each other like, is there going to be like a animated short before this? And we're like, maybe that would be kind of kind of fun. And then it doesn't happen. Okay. And then it just goes into the normal movie. We're like, I kind of feel hell? like Sony's idea is that, oh, animated movies, kids' movies. Okay, we'll have our animation studio make all of the children's movies that we make. Maybe? I Well, it might be kind of in the same vein as thinking uh, Disney had Viacom or uh, what was that? Yeah. That, that one production studio do their less children-friendly movies. The one that actually put out Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think, I'm not really sure what they're going with here. I do know that you have the most delicious thing typed out when you reacted to the trailer for Goosebumps 2 way back in the day. And I'm actually a little, I don't know if you're going to read it as you were thinking it or if you're going to deadpan the whole thing even when you wrote it all in caps. Uh, no, I'll actually act it out. Okay. Um, I will Give actually... Give the good audio experience. Good. good. Yes. And I won't do, uh, I won't shout directly into the mic for you, so... Uh, I'll give you a little... Uh, I appreciate that. I won't make your ears completely bleed. Help Thank you. So I do remember the original trailer actually started off with clips from the first movie. So that this is where it starts. <clears throat> You're just playing, replaying, replaying clips from the first movie. Okay. Well, this could be promising. New characters. Slightly different premise. Uh, all right. God fucking damn it! Why do we need Slappy back? This looks like a retread of the first goddamn movie! Haunted Halloween? Wait, what? You guys were going to do a damn horror land! That would have been so much better! God damn it, you've already fucked this up! This looks terrible! Fuck! We're gonna have to do this for the podcast. Why do I hate myself? Like, I typed out that entire <laughs> thing. Like, what you just heard, I sat there and I typed this up to Elizabeth as I sat there on my lunch break and watched this damn trailer at work one day. And I'm, I'm just, I just, like, sat there and seethed for a couple minutes after that. I was so pissed because... I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the original podcast, or the original time we <laughs> talked about the Goosebumps. Which was about a year ago. Yes, in our first Halloween episode, or first last Halloween episode, I should say. I am a huge Goosebumps fan. Since that episode, I now have a Goosebumps book that has not only been signed by... R.L. Stein, the author of Goosebumps, but also Tim Jacoby, the illustrator behind all of the books. Half the reason that these kids read the books, including myself, 
I have a book signed by both of these gentlemen. Tim Jacoby, when I met him at a convention this summer, looked at me and said, oh, wow, you have a book now that's signed by both of us. That's pretty rare. I'm done. I quit. I'm good. <sighs> but when I had him uh, sign that book, I also had him sign another one. I had him sign my original, original, original first Goosebumps book, One Day at Horrorland. That is the very first Goosebumps book I ever got. I've had it since I was a kid. I will never get rid of it. It is now a goddamn family heirloom because Tim Jacoby signed it. If I ever meet R.L. Stein again, I will have him sign it. Well, I, I didn't actually get to meet R.L. Stein, or, you know, I'd cry every time I think thought about it. So when I heard they thought might be doing One Day at Horrorland, I got a little excited. And I'm like, well, maybe they can build off this premise they've already established. But no, they went this direction. However, all of that said... I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. Oh, thank God. I'm glad you said that because this was a better movie than the first one. I'm and you know why? It's because it was a better Goosebumps adaptation. This movie, I could have easily seen as a Goosebumps book. Yeah. The first one was not a Goosebumps story. It was a story that had Goosebumps in it. The first Goosebumps movie was the Ready Player One of Goosebumps movies, where they just threw references at the wall for Uber fans to get. Hey, you remember the Wolf of Fever Swamp? Hey, do you remember the Abominable Snowman? Hey, you remember Slappy? Well, we're not actually going to develop any of them. We're actually just going to throw them at you, and the Uber fans will get it. Hey, look, there goes the Millennium Falcon. Hey, look, there goes the TARDIS. <laughs> now, if you really watch those things, that'd be really cool, but for all of us down here on Earth, we don't get every single reference that gets thrown out at us. And they start out the entire premise by basing it in the real world as opposed to within the confines of a Goosebumps book. And immediately said, hey, we're going to meet the author of the Goosebumps books, and they're all going to come to life. It was a ramp up. It was not a good first movie pitch for a Goosebumps movie. This one, although I will say it's weaker in a movie regard, is stronger in a Goosebumps adaptation regard. I could have easily have seen this as it uh, back in the day because I'll shoot uh, I'll shoot you straight on on this. The Goosebumps series is weak as shit. <laughs> like I'll go back and I'll watch it for nostalgia's sake, but it's weak as shit. The acting is not good. The effects are damn near terrible. I mean, it's early '90s, late '80s Canadian television. I mean, you want a a good children's horror show? Are you afraid of the dark? You're good. But it's not, Goosebumps is not good. Um, freaking um, Nightmare, the one that he did like right after he stopped doing Goosebumps, uh, late 90s, early millennium, that show was much better. But this is a better Goosebumps adaptation without actually being a Goosebumps book. So the question is, what are you going to reconcile first? Is it better to have a movie that is more movie-structured, that is more about the nostalgia of all these different characters and telling a new story, or is it better to cloak ourselves in the cheaper effects and the more tighter storytelling where everything each of our characters is going through plays a part in some way into how the story is resolved like an actual Goosebumps book? 
what is the better call here? That's the problem. It's it's kind of uh, based on taste, even. You know, the first one I liked because I even when you went back and re-listened to our uh, episode on this and talk how we talked about how we like the relationship between the mother and the son, how we appreciated you know the little elements here and there, and how we even like Jack Black as R.L. Stein. The kids were the weakest part, though. Yeah. Not selling this one. That's a lot of equivocating for yeah. maybe. It's I, I hammier, but more sincere. I, yeah. It literally starts off with the female of the trio, a high schooler, trying to get into college, writing her college essay, reading out loud, describe a situation that made you afraid and what you did to overcome it, literally reading it aloud to us. And yet, that felt more like a Goosebumps book. I, as, a, as a filmmaking technique, I was okay with that because that felt natural. Because she started typing off and like narrating in her head, not like, I sat there typing in my typewriter keyboard that I randomly have, even though I've never seen a typewriter in my entire life. I was, and then she's like, and then she's like, no, that's stupid. She's, she's reading off what she's writing in her head. And there's no, 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 that's stupid. And then she goes back and rereads the prompt to reestablish what the prompt is. I've done that a million times myself. That felt natural. But there was a million other things that these characters did that did not feel natural. I think why this one succeeded better is that the conflicts of our characters tied in to the conflict of the story. Because it's actually about them. It's not about R.L. Stein. Their first movie... The conflict is about R.L. Stein, but the movie is not about him. It is his conflict, but it is up to these children to attack it, and thereby they don't really address any of the problems that they're going through. One of the kids moved here, just moved here from town, but that doesn't get resolved by the end of this. He isn't the popular king of the school or something, or he doesn't realize that his true friends are his... He was already friends with his friends, and that was fine. They wrapped this veneer of coming-of-age story around... A plot that had nothing to do with them and that was why it failed when you look back at comparing the two better effects funnier jokes better acting but overall it's not got a correct core this one literally has a girl who is afraid that she won't have anything to write for college who is dealing with people not being true to her having to realize that her family is the thing that is still true for her we have these kids who are picked on getting revenge in the form of Slappy, and they think, oh, that's cool, we'll keep him around, which leads to this. This movie does the correct job of showing that Slappy is evil in the right way and that he is likable, desirable at first. Creepy, but, oh, look, he stopped the bullies for us and he plays video games with us. He's bewitching in the way that a devilish creature should be, and only later do we realize that that has turned into homicide and (laughs) not full on not full on homicide but definitely it makes a more interesting foe when these kids welcome him in and then as the entity tries to do things that it thinks they would want 
as a family, they realize more and more, oh, no, 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 it's time for you to go bye-bye. And I think that's why this one just stays stronger because it feels more like a Goosebumps book. It wasn't trying to be a movie, a three-act structure. It's a book there's, for kids. There, there's a lot of elements, and you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. You're hitting the nail on the head. There's a lot of elements. There's a lot of things like this. Feel I almost feel like R.L. Stein wrote the basic plot or wrote the basic story for this, and they just adapted this into a, a movie because the fact that, oh, they found this doing this because the character, one of the characters wanted to uh, go and search for junk and it, it turned into a job. Um, that the they found the the card and when he read the thing you saw me like like that happened in the original stories yeah that is straight from night of the living dummy the whenever he's he like oh i could help you and and then him not really showing himself in front of the parents happens all the time you know like yeah, where help- the parents don't understand the kids that's got to be a more pervasive element all the way in the first movie I believe they just like froze them out of the way. They were just not even in the picture. You didn't have the they, chance. They had to that say. like alien creature come in and then do that. It's not. There are still a lot of things wrong with this movie. I have a lot of big things wrong with this movie, but I guess I can answer that question. It is well, I can try to answer the question. Is it better to be a better story and better acting and better effects, but not a goosebump story masquerading as a goosebump story or weaker effects, weaker acting and a bit of a weaker story, but it's actually a goosebump story. I, that's the thing is, is like, it's almost like Stephen King. Like what, what, what would you rather have a Stephen King story, a true blue Stephen King story that is terrible. Like the think about it this way: oh, the you two mean adaptations, his of, miniseries or his movies. Yeah, like think of it the the miniseries adaptation of The Shining, or the Stanley Kubrick The Shining. Uh, Stephen King hates Kubrick's version of The Shining. He hates it, hates it with a passion, and he thinks that the uh, miniseries he thought that was perfect, or a lot closer to perfect. Because it was closer to his story. But everyone looks at it as the weaker version. So which do, would you rather have? And that's that's hard That's hard to look at. Well, now, that brings up the point that the reason why we are having trouble answering it is because we may have to come to the realization that the original source material isn't as great as we thought it was with nostalgia goggles on. I love R.L. Stein. I adore R.L. Stein. I know you do. Goosebumps is not his strongest work. Mm-hmm. I am not. It was a good say, formula. He had was, a tr- yeah. he had to have a formula to turn out so many of them. Oh God, yeah. There are some that are better than the others. There are there there certainly. I have my favorites versus uh, people have their favorites. And if you look at them from a literary point of view, they're not good stories. They're very formulaic, and you can, you can uh, hell, they even make a joke about it, like, oh, it's it's chapter twenty-two. This is when the hero comes in and saves the re- the day. R.L. Stein has better literary stories. The problem is those stories are not as popular. They were not. They were not as popular. Um, he had was the whole Fear Street series that were like teen young 
professional age, and those were worlds, in, in a literary sense, worlds better. The reason Goosebumps are so popular because they were formulaic, but they were different from each other. It wasn't, they were all monster blood, and they're just, you know, monster blood, and then monster blood with a dummy. You know, it was monster blood, night of the living dummy, werewolf of fear, something. He would basically say, okay, it was kind of like Doctor Who. It's it, what, like, okay, it's a monster of the week, but how can it be fun with a different monster, you know? Stephen King, like, oh, I'm going to make the toaster scary this week, or I'm going to make the toilet scary, you know? It's like, with R.L. Stein, it's like, okay, I'm writing stuff for kids, but I want to do something with a werewolf. I want to do something with a ventriloquist on me. I want to do something with a theme park, but I want it to be gothic. I want to be macabre, you know? That's why he attracted, and his writing style was easy to get into. But the Goosebumps books are not, like, literary works of art. But that's why I bring up The Shining as a better example, because The Shining, the two, you're comparing almost a T-bone steak to a Taco Bell taco. It's They're almost that big of a difference in quality. Maybe uh, they're probably closer, but to some people, that's the difference, because Kubrick is a, a god among directors, and this miniseries is utter crap. But I know Aaron... And Aaron would pick the Taco Bell taco over a T-bone steak every time. I'm also I I I'm a texture person. I'm I'm not I'm not crazy about steaks. <laughs> I was going more metaphorical, but yes, also in the real world, that is what you would do too. No, I um I don't dislike Kubrick. I really don't. But I, I've never been like a fan. I'm I'm gonna sit here and I'm I might get some hate for this, but. I have never fully watched a Kubrick movie, any Kubrick movie, not because I don't want to watch them. It's just because I've seen enough of them. It's just like, I don't know if I have the patience for it. I will say that besides The Shape of Water, I do not like Guillermo del Toro's movies. And it's because they hit the right fear factor thing for me. They most of most everything I can hate about him. I hate Lupin's Labyrinth. And it's not because he's bad at what he does. It's because He's hitting all the wrong points for me as a moviegoer. I don't like things with no eyes suddenly having eyes. And I don't like things that shuffle and shamble. I don't like kids dying. I don't like... <laughs> I just... They, they hit and, and no recompense. I He hits all the points. They're all good points to make in a movie. Not what I like at all. So, I put it back on you to give me a few more seconds to think. What did you like better? Because we 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 still have plenty to talk about. Don't worry. We we haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty of this stuff. Don't don't you worry, uh, dear reader, <laughs> reader be- listener beware. You're in for plenty more scares. See, I got it in early enough this time. What do you think? Did you like the first one better because it had a better story, better visuals, and slightly better acting, or did you like the second one better because it was actually a better Goosebumps story? Well, I didn't grow up with Goosebumps. So for me, the nostalgia isn't there. Can I say the upcoming third one? uh, Because there's still promise for it. Stop making me twitch. Um, (laughs) I don't have to answer this question. You're the one who actually grew up with Goosebumps. You're the one who actually knows what's the better call here as a fan of Goosebumps. And I'm going to assume that these movies are made for fans of Goosebumps, if that is the correct call. No. They're made for children. They would not have just thrown in in the first movie references to all of his work if it wasn't made for fans of the stories. 
no one would know what those things are. They're made for children. And that's that's hard because there are things that are made for children that are better for, than this. There are things that are made for children that are chock full of references that are better than this. Jurassic World was made for families to an extent. Are you sure about that? Jurassic Park was made for families. God, are you sure about that? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what gave you your fear of velociraptors. I also saw it when I was two. You're part of a family at two, aren't you? <laughs> Anyways, if I had to pick between one or the other, because it's like picking between Ford or Chevy. If I had to pick between one or the other, I would have to pick the second one. Oh, my God. He's still my heart. We Be- were just, a- just because it was a better Goosebumps story. I still have a ton of problems that we're going to get to here in just a second after we take a small break. But was a better Goosebumps story. They did certain things better. I just, overall, I'd have to pick the first one. Or sorry, the second one. The first one, like, I look back on it. I remember groaning. I remember my heart hurting too much. There were good points, but the bad just outweighed. This one, it was passable enough. There were bad points, but they were hidden enough, or the story just over-encompassed it enough. So, and of course, again, it's probably because I grew up with Goosebumps. So let's take a quick break. Now, we know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you know, I don't know a lot about Stephen King. Well, if you're not a good listener, if you have 44 hours to spare, then do we have a recommendation for you. Brought to you by our sponsor this week. Because, of course, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Uh, And today, uh, as Liz kind of hinted at, we are recommending the Stephen King classic, uh, It. Not just because it was a good movie, well, two movie adaptations, I would suppose. Well, actually, many series. And I wonder which one Stephen King likes more. I, that's the thing. The I've I've not read the book myself, and I watched the miniseries uh, for the most part when I was younger, and I watched the movie, and the movie was really good. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. The guy who plays Pennywise, um, I forget what his name is, did a fantastic job one of the scars guards wasn't it yes bill scars guard that scars guard family undead vampires taking over hollywood <laughs> not only we're recommending it because stephen king has a similar problem with adaptations but one of the main children uh that is in goosebumps 2 haunted halloween is actually in the most recent movie adaptation of it and when R.L. Stein finally makes it into the picture in the second movie, he talks about his work being so derivative until he sees a red balloon floating by a storm drain and says, I knew they got that from me. Ah, damn you, King. Anyway, yeah, I was like, I, I really don't think he got it. I don't think King stole it from him. No, I don't but think But whatever. So. Like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Anyways. If, yes, you, our, if you're interested in learning about turtle demigods that form the Earth and... Uh, and really, really, really inappropriate scenes between preteens. 
and uh, have 45 hours to spare. Just go to Audible, search It by Stephen King, narrated by Stephen Weber, and you can download it for free with your 30-day trial. And you can decide if you're going to read the It scenes with a Tim Curry accent or a Bill Skarsgård accent. Because remember, they all float. They all float. Oh, yes. So to download your free audio audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash married to the idea for your free audiobook. All right. Comparison has made us soft, Aaron. Rip this movie apart. It really wasn't that good, guys. <laughs> I just hit the table again. Liz, I, I told do that. you not to hit the table. Use the sound effect next time. Bang. So. <laughs> I know you're going to give me all sorts of trivia. By God. I know you're going to give me trivia. Did the teenager look familiar? Not even the, in the, the slightest. Teenager? Not even in the slightest. So her and Jack Black didn't maybe look alike at all? Nope. No, she didn't look like maybe they somehow played the same character in a movie that we have already actually reviewed. Uh, these two characters, the uh, Jack Black and, um, or act- actors, I should say, uh, Jack Black and I forget her name. Uh, but you can't say it if you don't know. If you want me, I can pull it up. You wanted me to talk to you. Madison <laughs> Eisman played the same character in J- Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, last year. What character is that? The character. When she goes into the video game. Yeah. And she turns into Jack Black. That's the same actress. No. Yes. That's so weird. Why would they do that? Casting? That's so th- That's so weird because she was... God, no. Oh. That, I'm... Two, uh, so... Obviously, this girl has some range, so kudos to her, because did not realize it in the theater. You're not like, oh, that's the same kind of stuck-up character from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. So No, I didn't think that. I was too busy trying to figure out why their mother looked like Kaylee Cuoco, but not Kaylee Cuoco. Because she looks like the blonde chick from Reno 911, because that's exactly who she is. Oh, weird. Yeah, Wendy, she's actually a really funny actress. She's done a bunch of other things, too. Uh, but that's where I know her mostly from is Reno 911. Uh, she actually, she did a pretty good job. She was able to bring some depth depth to the role. She did a good job. King Jong tried. I don't know what character they gave him on scene, but uh, he has done better. There, I, I'm, I, I feel like they're like people. Sometimes people are like oh, Ken Jong. He's funny. He was funny in the Hangover and the Hangover Two, Hangover Three, eh. and like you know maybe we'll bring him into this movie and probably bring some humor to this role. Hey Ken, come be funny. Uh, what do you want me to do? Just be funny. Just be funny. Uh, can you give me some sort of no? Just be funny. Hey kids. You're a cowboy. I'm dressed up as Frankenstein. Ha 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 ha. I just wish they'd let it be known sooner that he was a fan of R.L. Stein's work. What if all the monsters that he put outside when he decorated for Halloween were always monsters from R.L. Stein? Would have been so much better. Yeah, there could have been a lot more. And that's where Slappy got all the things from. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you are supposing in this universe that not only did... R.L. Stein's characters come to life and ravage a town enough that it was on an internet and covered up by the government. But then they also made Halloween masks based on his works too. And that's kind of like if the 
there were actually children killed in Derry, Maine by a supposed clown killer, and then they started selling clown costumes. Yeah, that's really freaky. Like, are we going to sell Jeffrey Dahmer masks now? Are we going like, uh, to... Uh, don't uh, even tell me. I don't want to know. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Is there stuff for Goosebumps probably out there? Yeah, but not like how readily available it was. No. I mean, granted, it was at a pharmacy and it was like on clearance and stuff like that. But I know I know not not like that. There are so many ways this movie could have been even just stronger for what it was. That that's a still that's a great idea. Now that's we a just, weird connection about Jumanji too. But there was a weirder one you were telling me about that uh, No Sleep podcast and the voice of Slappy and actually there's a stranger connection with that even still. No. Yeah. Okay. So in the first movie, Slappy is voiced by Jack Black. So Jack Black does this dual vo- performance. I thought that I liked that. It worked. Not worked. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's I have to call these both mess masterpieces because they're 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 so on that line. They're aggressively average. <laughs> I like that. So this movie, how do I describe it? Or sorry, this this connection is really strange. Walk me through it. So I started listening to the No Sleep podcast. Um, and they do different stories. Sometimes it's uh, multiple characters talking at once. Sometimes it's just a narration with um, interspersing. Sometimes it's just one character. Uh, well, one of the people that they have uh, every so often is a gentleman named Mick Wingert. Well, Mick has stepped up to be the voice of Slappy for this movie because Jack Black was working on a clock with a, uh, a house with a clock in its walls. Better movie. Much better movie. So because of that... Slappy sounded different. I actually kind of like Slappy better in this movie overall, but the voice worked better. If that's if that's how you feel, this felt better to me because he had an actual story arc. Yeah, there there were other reasons, but they did something else too. They played too much on like the the dual personality, kind of like Hulk and Bruce Banner type thing with Slappy and Slappy is Hulk and R.L. Stein is Bruce Banner. Oh, in the first one, okay, yeah. okay. But apparently. Jack Black and Mick Winger have another connection. Coming from uh, IMDb, shout out to them. This movie marks the first time to have Jack Black and Mick Winger sharing the role of a different character outside the Kung Fu Panda franchise. What? Winger replaced Black as the voice of Poe in various Kung Fu Panda video games and television shows. And now this movie, Winger takes over Black as the voice of Slappy. So bizarre. Right? So really, they did want him to sound like Jack Black, but they didn't want to actually have Jack Black do it because Jack Black was busy on another movie, so they got his double voice. Do you know that Jim Hanks voices Woody on most things? I did know that, because Tom is far too busy. Tom is a national treasure, but Jim Hanks sounds so much like his brother, or close enough that they can get away with it. No, I think that's great. (laughs) Go, Go, Jim. So... Another connection to it that we already kind of talked about is this kid who was in it and is now is one of the main characters in this movie. This kid did a much better job in it. Again, I think he was given better material to work with. Quite possible. However, they don't do anything about him being a 
fat kid, quote unquote. True. They did in the there are in no, it, but that's because it's the original source material. But that's the thing, like again, movie <laughs> it does an interesting job of not playing into stereotypes. The black kid isn't hey man, home fries, skillet, whatever. He's he's just a kid. Her brother, who is a bigger kid, is just a kid. He doesn't get picked on more aggressively for his bigness. In fact, they, they make only one reference to it, and they don't, I need you to babysit your brother. And she's like, babysit? He's bigger than me. And it's not a, like a, he's fatter than me. He's like a, a inch and a half taller than her. Like, it's not anything to do with being fat. It's just, and he's not really that fat either. No. But it's just like, you know, she has a point. Yeah. <laughs> so strange how this movie teeters between being progressive and lackluster. <laughs> so, here's one of my biggest problems with this fucking movie. Tell. Do tell. Who's the main character? Good one, Aaron. Good one, Aaron. Who the fuck is the main character? Well, that's the kids over Jack Black, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, because in the first movie, it's that one kid. Jack Black is definitely the main side character. Who the fuck is the main character? Because they play like it's the one kid from It. Then they play like it's this Madison Eisman chick. But I can't fucking tell. It's an ensemble cast. In It, was there a main character in It? No, but they give enough screen time to everyone that you think, oh, it's an ensemble cast. I think they did the this same one, thing This one, they here. focus on these two. And it's not even like, it's enough. Because like with Goosebumps, it's, their family. it's one person the whole story of slappy trying to make a new family this the main character is the family and they even pretend that the black kid is part of their family by having his father have one line as he drops him off for the weekend and we never see or hear from him again (laughs) you're you're with us now darling you're part of our family now one of us one of us that was one of my big problems here's my other big problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that fucking twist what twist was that at the very end okay now here's where i'm gonna should we be spoilers oh um yeah we'll go ahead and slap a spoiler on it now okay so in the end day is saved that's that's enough but we all know as we saw from the first book the first movie the first movie ends with the invisible boy still being around. And I was like, ha what's going to do that? And we think, oh, okay, the next movie will be Invisible Boy Story. And no, it's not. It's Slappy. At the end of this one, well, Slappy doesn't in, actually... In the original books, this twist usually never leads into something else. Even with the, the sequels. Like, the whole thing with Night of the Living Dummy, when she gets Slappy and Slappy is defeated by the other one, the other dummy that she had, the dummy's like, well... I, it looks like I'm your dummy now. That's it. That's the end of the book. Or like the monster blood, like one of it is like it gets fed to this like random bird or something like that. There was just one random book where the whole book is this these kids who get stuck in this parallel dimension on the, on in this school and they oh god yeah they get stuck in this parallel dimension in the school because of this photographer. And these people manage to, like, sneak back only to get shown up by the photographer. And that's the end of the book. Like, you only hear the photographer, only hear them talk about the photographer, like, once or twice. But that's the end of the book. So, the twists usually aren't, they're, they're just last little, like, they're last minute jump scares or what they are. 
This twist fucking sucked. I'm really excited for a Jack Black Jumanji because that's what this next movie is going to be. Come on now. I know you hate it, but bear with me for just a second. We all know that Slappy's never defeated. That's the whole point of Slappy. He cannot die. He always comes back. You made him that way. We have Jack Black sucked into a book where he is the main character. Who knows what tortures will befall him it's in there. It's not Jack Black, though. It's R.L. Stein. Yes, R.L. Yes. So how fun will it be when the next movie comes out and it's many years have passed and his ghost daughter finds the book, releases him. He's missed her entire life. They have to set things right. It's a Jack Black Jumanji. It looks fucking I, if they make a third movie, I highly doubt this movie was not going to. The first one wasn't good enough to make a sequel. Our theater was full on a Sunday. That's mm-hmm. really weird. It's going to make the money. They're going to do it again. This, I hope not. But I'm also like morbidly intrigued. Well, but yes, this, but the first twist was fun. That first twist was more indicative of a Goosebumps twist than this one. This one was just terrible. It was just like, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you. How did he even fucking write? <sighs> I also Slappy is not that good of a villain. He's too powerful. He's all-knowing. He's too insane. He, I, whatever you want to say, Slappy is not uh, that good of a villain. Hmm. He's not. Interesting. I, I The Night of the Living Dummy series was never my favorite. Can you think then of any... R.L. Stein character that is a good villain worthy of being a recurring villain. Because when he brings all those things to life in the store, there was this kick-ass looking cyborg assassin woman in the background. I have no earthly idea who she, she was. And she looked rockin' and I, I want no, to know what her story but there is. Were like, there were other like little references um, because because they had the werewolf of fever song, but Again, which really wasn't the werewolf of Fever Swamp. The Abominable Snowman. Uh, Pasadena. And then they had the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Um, I'm pretty sure that the sea creature was somebody. But that's the thing is there are villains throughout the movie. But there's not that one recurring villain, you know. But and that's Slappy, the whole point. But Slappy's of, the only one who gets sequels. No one else. No one else in your... Goosebumps series has ever gotten sequels. Not like Slappy. But here's the thing. At least for this kind of movie. And why? Why? Why does he have to be the father? Like, why does R.L.C. have to be the father of Slappy? Why does it have to be this weird, stupid family dynamic? Why does it have to be that? Why? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. You already had it with the daughter in the first movie. And in the second movie, it worked slightly better with the this weird obsession of the family and the mama. But even then, it really wasn't that good. It just didn't fucking work. This this tread of the it just doesn't fucking work. And you know what would what have fucking worked better? A day at goddamn Horrorland, like they originally goddamn planned. And you know what? I'm gonna fucking say it. I wrote down my idea. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> Here it is. I had a pitch for the sequel, or rather, whenever I heard A Day at Horrorland, I was intrigued. 
because it was Goosebumps 2 or Goosebumps, A Day at Orland for a hot minute or for a little while. And I was intrigued. And I was even intrigued with this stupid premise that they've already established. So here is my pitch for One Day at Horrorland, Goosebumps 2. Stein reemerges in the public eye. Greedy corporate person where you could have like a Ken Jong type person. Hmm. Person makes a deal to make Horrorland. Kind of like all of these fucking theme parks that have been popping up. Like Star Wars Land and uh, the Pixar thing. And uh, oh, there's another one that's about to pop up too. Uh, I've heard something about Kingdom Hearts or something like that. Gets props from like the original show. That's something they never talked about. They talked about the move, the 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 books. They never talked about the fucking show. Gets props from the original show. You can have an excuse to have a call back to that. Then after a, mis- a mistake, they get the original manuscripts in there instead, kind of like the the uh, the bar or the restaurant that has all of the rocker stuff, like the drumsticks from this drummer. You mean Hard Rock Cafe? Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. Like there's like go through. The, here's a museum of goosebumps, you know. And then something happens. One of the manuscripts falls open because of insert Jurassic Park reason here. Then fucking Slappy can take control of the goddamn park. And then he takes revenge on the dumbasses. You don't even have to have the kid because that's the reason why he wasn't in it. Because the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why. But you can have Jack Black in it. Though he wasn't in it because of the movie. The house with the clock in its walls. But it would still be... 10,000 times better than this fucking thing. Well, to an extent. You don't even need all the same people. Just maybe Black, the friend, the random love interest comedic relief aunt, the one that was randomly in there. She doesn't come back, which I was okay with. You know, or you could just have Stein. You could have it like what was like Shocker on fucking Shock Street type thing, you know? Uh, in, or you don't help bring her back until so you can give her more character development. One Day at Horrorland is a better setup. It's a, a little bit derivative of, like, say, Jurassic Park, but it would have been a much better setup for this because it, his haunted Halloween bullshit was not a good setup to begin with. They did, they made, they, they tried to make an uh, omelet out of this egg, but this egg was almost rotten. Let me posit to you a different reading or interpretation of these movies and see if it makes you feel even a slightly bit better, okay? Okay. You've got a huge uphill battle, but... Here we go. Okay, here we go. So, we have R.L. Stein hasn't written a book in decades. Living alone in his house. Nothing is coming to him. No inspiration. He moves leaves that abandoned house behind, goes far, far away, goes up to a cabin in the mountains, and then just starts thinking and thinking on what he's done. And he thinks to himself, you know, I see all these pop culture trends where people like callbacks, and all my fans are so obsessed with this one character. I've tried making new stories. It has not worked out. What if I just revisit the same characters I've had before? You know what? What if I bring back a whole bunch of them? I bet people would love that. So he writes a book called Goosebumps, where a new family moves into town, and the kid feels awkward because his mom is the new vice principal. And he's feeling 
all alone and he moves into next door this really creepy house with this girl in the window he doesn't know who she is and then he finds out that he's actually living right next to the house of the author R.L. Stein. whoa and then Slavi comes back and brings all these characters out of their books whoa what are they going to do what are they going to do day is saved R.L. Stein saves the day with his magic typewriter finishes the book book is closed and he thinks to himself all right I have finally written a book. I have finally written a new Goosebumps book. It's been so long, but I finally did it. But he thinks to himself, is this really, really what I want to show people? Is this really the best thing for me to do? It didn't really feel like a Goosebumps book, you know? It feels more like I just did a lot of callbacks. It feels like that other movie I just saw, Ready Player One. It doesn't feel like a real Goosebumps story. Let me try it again. I'm going to bust out my typewriter. Let me try again. This time, I'm going to make the kids have dilemmas that feed into the overall arcing plot. I'm still going to bring Slappy back, but I'll make him more like he was in the books. Not like I did last time. Not like he's my son or whatnot. I'll make it more of a Goosebumps book. And maybe I'll show up in the end. Just in the end. But I won't actually help. It'll be more of a fun homage. Oh, look, there was R.L. Stein. Bye, R.L. Stein. But I'll make this be much more like a Goosebumps book. And then it'll, it'll close with me in the cabin finishing this book. Finally, a book... I can feel confident in sharing with the world. But what's this? Slappy's here. Well, that, that can't be right. That was just a book I wrote. He doesn't actually exist in the real world. Shoop! Sucked into his own book. What if these Goosebumps movies are not actually movies, but books that R.L. Stein has written? So let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're sitting here telling me that you think the plot of these last two movies are just a big middle finger and saying, oh, no, it was actually a dream the whole time. And that somehow, even though the first two movies have been fake, Slappy is still real and has been now he is now sucked into a book. For no reason except for the thing that shouldn't be able to be real in this universe is now real. I, I want to make sure I'm following this. All I'm saying is that Ant-Man is two seconds away from gaining consciousness and realizing he's in a fucking movie. So would it be such a huge leap? Yes. I think there's a reason they showed him in the cabin at the end finishing the story. And you can look at the last page of the story he just finished writing. It's the story of these kids. The story ends with the family happy and whole and the girl getting into college and it's a Christmas time. He literally is writing the book of their adventure. Could it be that, you know, were these writers smarter or paid better? Maybe. Do I think that's actually what's going to happen? Hell to the nah. So you're okay. You're not okay with Slappy being real but you are okay with a ghost daughter that he invents out of a book and then is allowed to live her own life no i'm not okay with either i'm not okay with any of it so let's just pretend that they're all books that are being written okay but then why the fuck is slappy real at the end because rl stein isn't writing these books then who is well we're waiting. I'm really trying to find a good answer here because there's a lot of references I could make right here and I want to do the Richard best. Shivers? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not enjoy the twist because it felt to me less of a twist and more of a, hey, let's set up the Avengers. I agree kind of thing because the first was one was a fun help. little fun little thing i liked that i was just trying to help you cope nothing's gonna help me cope unless it's jack daniels so there were things about this movie that were fucking terrible the twist being probably one of the biggest ones i did not like that jack black came in just for five minutes i thought that was unnecessary or the way he came in if he'd come in or like he could have easily just shown up at the very end like he drove in. Aaron, I just figured out the biggest plot hole and why that is accurate. Who was the woman who called the kids to take care of that house and empty it out? Uh, it might have been someone from like the bank or something like that. No. You're, you're, you have a good thought, but it could be explained away. But they didn't do a good job of explaining it. No, they didn't. Which means we are free to theorize. Yeah, I I actually thought it was going to be the ghost daughter. It would have been better served if she called the number. First off, who the fuck still has an answering machine? Second off, who the fuck has a Sony answering machine? Way to jerk yourself off there. Third off, they could have easily saved it just for a, just a damn cameo. The, they like It was like a big, long, extended cameo. It wasn't even like a good Superman kind of thing. It was just... He like shows up and like makes all these things and he, it wasn't good. It was not done well. It's like, well, we got to use Jack Black because he's R.L. Stein, but you didn't use him well. It was terrible. But the overall story was more goosebumps. The ramp up, the actual kind of way they had the dummy come in, the act, the way they actually brought him to life. I hated it less than the first movie. Which hurts me. Why do I hate myself, Elizabeth? I don't know, Aaron. But Halloween is finally done. And it's my turn. Why does that scare me more than anything I've heard on the No Sleep podcast? So, guys, thank you so much. We uh, hope you guys have a great and safe Halloween. Um, thank you so much for listening. And if he is actually listening, the uh, author of Max overreacts. That's right. Out. If you've been, uh, if you want to know more about that, head over to our Facebook page, Married to the Idea. We had a very cool shout out after Aaron forcefully inserted himself into. Uh, 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 not forcefully, I just suggested it. Well, the creator of Max Overreacts was very gracious and actually did listen to our episode on Hilda. I was thrown for a complete loop as soon as he said that, and he was like, "Well, fortune favors the bold." I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> So if you're listening, thank you so much. We love your comic. We have the the first book. You know, we're actually pretty big fans too. So And for really fun Halloween Inktober drawings, you can check out his Facebook page too. He's been doing some great uh, combos and clashes and matchups. Yeah, including one uh, with Lord of the Rings and Warehouse 13, which I got finally got you into. So <laughs> check out Max Overreacts and uh, the No Sleep Podcast, our uh, free plugs. And uh, also head over to our audibletrial.com slash married to the idea for your free audiobook. And we are going to go back to our every other week format. Um, it's a little bit better for our schedules. Until next time, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Happy Halloween. <laughs>